It's Cofield and Company with JVT and Adam Hill on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, what's up? Welcome in. It's John Von Tobel, Adam Hill as well. I try my hardest, I swear I do, to like make a show rundown that's going to be focused and set up for success. And then I just get hit with all sorts of things in the show. <laughs> Salads, OnlyFans, Devon's shirt, which I agree. Actually, it looks literally good. that was that was these were all these topics were discussed in the like forty five seconds before the show started. I, can't. <laughs> I will start with Devon's uh, outfit once more and just say that I actually like the outfit and I appreciate Devon for coordinating hat with shirt. Logo coordinates with the shirt, right? You did this on purpose. Uh, yeah, well, a little orange on the hat. There you go. See? What, orange shirt, orange underwear. Yeah. What's the back? <laughs> Nobody needs to know. What's the Just back you know. of the hat though? What is? It's not fitted. Snap. There back. you go. Oh, Snap no. back. WrestleMania. Team, I mean, team, excuse me. SummerSlam. Team, team fitted only. Dude, fitted. Fitted's are whack. Okay. The you guys, are, you got fitted's are whack. You're showing your age a little bit. Well, no, fitted's no. are no. We actually we're showing our head size. Fitted's are only for people who have really large heads. That's true too. Like if I could wear a snapback, I would. Exactly. I would. See, no, you can't. I can't, but I wouldn't. I'm. I'm. Uh, no. You wouldn't look good in it anyways. I agree. I. I can't do it. But even, it's the the look of it. I'm out. But they look cool. Now fitted look way better. No, they look don't. John, John's hat looks better than yours. No, it doesn't. This my is my hat's a piece of garbage. I like Thank you. Out. I work out in it. It's, it's all fitted, sweated. That's what I'm saying. This is a SummerSlam 2021 hat, bro. It's fitted. It's uh, not fitted though. It's fitted because he snapped it to the right snap. Yeah. I got it. No, no. How are you feeling? Good. Why? Your insides all right? Lunch. Had a fantastic lunch. I'm good. This is the other thing that I was hit with. I was shown a, a picture of your salad that you had for lunch. <laughs> it's so good. Hard-boiled eggs. Full hard-boiled eggs. Sure. You've got, what, I'm looking at four of them, three of them? It's three. Got to get some protein in there. Olives. Well, a lot of olives. Yes, a lot. I'll, we've discussed this. Olives are my favorite food. Beets? Couple beats. Couple? Sure, a couple beats. I I see double digits. No, they're they're, they're good. They're Mushrooms, good. bacon, and cheese smothered in ranch. No, not ranch. Ranch is disgusting. What is that? It's blue cheese. Well, blue. I did. I did. Dude. Now the the picture was allowed. Then I I took the dre- some of the dressing off. That was a an error in the in the uh, rationing of the of the of the dressing. But once the dressing came off a little bit, it was fantastic. It was a tremendous salad. This looks so disgusting. good. You looks can check so out this good. picture at underscore Cassie Soto on Twitter. <laughs> sure. It looks what? Adam, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? It looks disgusting. Yeah, it looks disgusting. Oh, so good. All those ingredients are fantastic. Nah, What's wrong? I well, I hate beets, first off. I hate okay. olives, second off. Olives are one of the best food. Now, the proper construction of the salad at the salad bar, it went lettuce, then a layer of olives, and then what kind of lettuce? Uh, it was just the whatever I think it was iceberg that was out there. Whatever's on the whatever's on the bar. Well, you only had one choice. There's only one lettuce out there, and then you go lettuce and olives, and then mushrooms, and and like a couple beets, couple, and then you go olives on top of that, and then you go dressing and then olives on top of that too. There's also another big problem here, which speaks to one of the biggest issues I've had with salad bars in general. Why in the world they don't give you bowls? And they only give you plates. Well, that there's a little. It's a little bowl. It's it's, but it's not. It's it's. There's a difference between a bowl and a and a plate that's kind of like lifted. Sure, it's a slightly lifted. I want bowls with my salads. How how much of a agree. mess did you make? Well, it was on a tray. 
Still, I got on the tray. Sure. Yeah, but I, th- I feel like uh, you're right. I think they're trying to limit, like, they don't want you to just be able to construct some, you know, giant power. I suppose. I want to be able to toss my salad with ease without with, the, what, without uh, without having anything dangerous. Why? I get it. Uh, have you been to the Mongolian places? No. Where you? I mean, oh, there's a couple of fantastic ones in town. Where you go through, you have a bowl, you put as much like raw ingredient in there as you want, and then they grill it at the end. Okay. And they do like it's basically a challenge of how much can you stack into this thing, and you see people just like. Bowls that somehow allow things to be constructed far above their walls. Okay, it's very impressive. Far above their yes, walls. Yes, it's it's very impressive to see some of the action that goes down there. I love those kind of spots. But yeah, I love the construction. What else did you do today besides the monstrosity of whatever that salad? Was? Rebel practice. Did you go? Yeah. Oh wow! Look at you, yeah. huh? Man oh, yeah. about town. Any oh, yeah. big observations? I don't think we're allowed to say, right? Well, I got actually. Yeah, you know what's funny? I got a text today. It was like. <laughs> Well, first off, yesterday I actually got snapped at by Mark Wallington for asking a simple question about something I observed. Well, you were trying to break some news in. Well, I wasn't trying to break anything. I, was, I wasn't going to say anything. I was just curious about something I observed. I was told that was just, hey, Mark, you got to watch anytime. When I got there, it wasn't Mark. You can be nice to It me. wasn't Mark that told me, but I'll say when I got there today, uh, I was told, hey, your boy JVT is going over, over the top in some of his reporting. I, didn't even, I haven't even reported anything. What is that? Exactly. So I, it was basically I was being lumped in to like to you to be like, hey, watch what you say. I haven't even said anything. <laughs> Look at my – what have I but even You're asking said? too many questions. I haven't even asked any questions. You just said you asked a question you weren't supposed to. Yeah, an off-the-record question that was not going to oh, go you're, anywhere. You are trying to dig too deep, and they didn't like it. So they, they said, hey, I know you're boys with JVT. Don't make the I mistakes. Feel like you're, okay, I feel like you're lying. No, I'm not. Don't make the mistakes that he made. The mistakes. Probably, that he I know. I'm ninety percent sure I know who texted you, and I feel like that's who, who also told me. Oh no, nobody texted. I got a text from uh, from Caleb. That's Caleb what I'm saying. Caleb. Yeah, Caleb's one that related on to me. I have no idea what I did. I <laughs> yeah, I haven't yeah. even tweeted anything. I, so like, you can go look. So I was that's, being cautious. Absolutely ridiculous. I was being cautious about my observations today. Um, I. All right, well, let's scratch it. We don't say what I can. Scratch it. We don't have to talk about it then. There, I mean, look, we don't have to talk about it then. Good there, practice. Well, the the hard knocks. You to say you, you want to be. I mean, they there weren't a lot of shotgun. Do we? Is that do we allowed to say that? Do, you excited for hard knocks today? There, if you're going to run as much shotgun as they want to run, I'd work on the snap. <laughs> you, you excited for hard knocks today? <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. That was okay, right? I, I'm not, I look. I've apparently, even though I've tweeted absolutely nothing, uh, there's there's conversations about me behind closed doors. So I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> Just saying, if you, there, Your days are numbered. Gonna be times, <laughs> there's probably going to be times when they run shotgun. You want to be more consistent with getting the quarterback the the ball in the right area. Did you watch the teaser clip for Hard Knocks? I didn't. <laughs> what is it? They had a magician in camp today, or well, okay. whatever. Well, I actually heard that they had done that. Okay. So I'm not surprised that it's on. You're allowed to show. say that. <laughs> well, it's on TV. I think. I think we can. Uh, I mean, um, are we just let's just let it all go? Magicians are stupid, right? What? Well, here's the thing. So actually, they slugged it differently. It wasn't a magician. Let's see, a mentalist was the term that was used. Even worse. Isn't by the way, isn't that an old TV show? The Mentalist. The mentalist. It might be. I gotta look that up now. But I feel like 
mentalists, you can lump them into the same category as magicians. And I'm sorry to anybody that out there that does it. I know it's a big magic town. Oh, yeah, from 2008 to 2015. I've, I haven't watched a second of it. I just know it was a show. Look at that. Are you are you going to fight back on that? Like, What's that? Magic is this dumb. Uh, no, because, well, here's the thing. If you think it's actually magic, then you're dumb. <laughs> like I actually I enjoy them just because the trick that was the video that was put up you know they gave Aaron Rodgers a deck of cards they told him to pick a card and then think about it and like the guy just kind of reached into the deck and pulled out the one that Aaron Rodgers was talking about and then after he does that the guy that was sitting next to Aaron Rodgers I couldn't see who it was but apparently he had told him to think of an animal and so he tells him he goes hey so what's the animal that you're thinking of guy says goldfish and he goes, Aaron, why don't you open up your hands? And the deck of cards had turned into like a transparent box with like a fake goldfish in it. I mean, so, like, how else it, could that have happened? Right? Do I am I curious as to how they make those things work, and thus am I entertained by it? Yes. But do I think like he's got magic powers? No, he does. <laughs> they wouldn't have invited him if he didn't have magic powers. I think by the sleight way, of hand and doing stuff like that, stupid. like it takes it takes uh, some sort of skill, and I think it's cool. Yes. Well, I feel like we also know that Demond does too because he was—he seemed upset that I said magic is stupid. I feel like he's going to hit DeMond, us with like I was JV. I, DeMond, I was JV magician. <laughs> Demond <laughs> believes in magic. I, f- I think he does. I think Demond believes in magic. Believe is a strong term, but I—the I, art of like JVT said, the the art of what they're doing is very impressive. I know. I know you explain it to me. I, I don't want to. It's dumb. You tell me how they do the tricks. And but what is dumb about it? Yeah, you just being a hater. Ooh, ooh, you, you, you knew what card was coming, and you pulled it out of the deck. Good job, bro. Like it's, it's, it's well, that's it's somewhat dumb. impressive. Now nah, this not, is big hater energy really right not. here, man. It is. I, you know what? I would, I would respect your hate more if you were like, it's this is how he does it. It's dumb, but you don't know how he does it, so you can't hate. You have I, no I, idea. I can't. I watched that uh, the Penn and Teller show where they exposed what tricks. Sure. People, you know, it was BS. I think you can't say it. Um, I'm pretty sure you know you can't say that it. part was <laughs> that part, that show was like decent. We we're like, oh, this is how people do it, like exposing what they do. Like, all right, that that's cool. But like, actually, you know, you know what I hate is that we all know that it's not real and it's, that you're doing some dumb thing or whatever. And the like, slide of hand, the over the top, like ta da! Like, like, no, you didn't. You okay, didn't do it. when was the last time a magician I, said ta da? You know what they? I don't. They don't it's without not saying it, you know what they're doing though. You know they they do this whole like the reveal and like ah look what I did. Like that's dumb. What's the uh, the, the uh, I got to look up the show. The show it's on True TV, I think. Carbonaro Effect. Don't you like that show? I've never heard of that. I thought you liked that one. I thought that was you. No, that's not. It's not me. It's essentially. That. I don't like the over the top. Like wow, look, I I did something. So do you want him to just come in and just play? Like, huh? Pick a card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like this just was matter one, huh? of fact. Like yo, that was that was sick, and you know it was sick. I don't have to say like whoa. I don't have to do something like over the top revealing of it. So you're not watching Hard Knocks tonight. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna check, I'll check you're it out. You're gonna sit there and just <laughs> like this, this part's dumb. Yeah, so I I'm, hate this. I might fast forward that. I'm there for the football scenes. I you're can't. telling me you don't think magicians at the end of tricks do I'll, some I'll, I'll elaborate this? Reveal. I'll one up you. I think I'd rather watch an hour of magicians than an hour of hard knocks. That's completely I, ridiculous. Hard knocks has completely jumped the shark. It stinks. In what way? It's all the same things over and over again. It's, when you have a good and, formula, it works. But it's not a good formula anymore. I think I've even heard you guys talk about this on the air. 
I mean, the, the whole cuts Oh, it's thing, gone right? down. Right. No, it's gone down, but I think that when you have a, a level as high as they were, you can go down and still be effective in a quality show. Nah, I mean, but I, I, like, it I, hasn't been the same since J.J. Watt was practicing at night all by himself. Well, it's, it's almost the theory of, hey, if you're – you know, if you're a college basketball team and you win 30 games a year, five straight years, and then you win 26, that's awesome. But you took a step back, and people are going to be like, "Nah, not as good as you used to be." Like, it's still awesome. Like, I think that's kind of what the vic- how they're a victim right now. Of if the show came out right now and it was what it was, people would be like, "This is amazing." But because it's had such a high standard in the past, it's it's taken a step back, and people judge it off that instead of judging on just what it is. Mm. I actually, and I was never really into it as much as you guys right. were either. I think that's, that's I started from a place that was already lower, and then the fact that they took away some of the aspects that made it so good, or took away. But no, they, I think that's. I mean, they had to because of the rule changes. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that that's true. But I still think it's great. I just won't watch the magician. But it's only like a ninety second clip, so. Well, for now, who knows what? what else I, they could show. expand on it. Yeah. And it's probably gonna, always at the end of the show they show like some outtakes from something. It'll probably be the magician. But I'm telling you right now, if he does some like, look what I did. Like some big reveal thing at the end, I'm out. I don't think he does. I think he just, it, it, like I said, he's a mentalist. So he just, it's all about sleight of hand. It's all about me. Although I do love when Rogers opens his hand in the clip that I'm referencing, and it's like a goldfish or whatever. Somebody in the background just goes, "What if he would have said it was a giraffe?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what if he would have said it was a giraffe? That is probably it was probably set up. <laughs> He's like, just say goldfish. I have a goldfish, so I gotta, that's the only thing I have on me. I mean, I feel like you'll be impressed once the episode airs. I doubt it. Uh, speaking of impressed, I'm impressed with our fair city of Las Vegas. When we come back, another event added to the docket for Sin City? Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Is that your only uh, laptop? Is that your only computer? Uh, that I use. I have about four or five that I just don't use anymore. So you don't have a desktop at home? I do. Oh, okay. So you have it. Right, I so don't use have... that one either, though. I mean, oh, you don't? It's there. I just got a desktop today. Oh, uh, you're doing... What are you doing on it? I mean, it's for writing. Uh, I do a lot of my writing at home. I'm not on the move like you are, so that's going to help. Yeah. Now I get to see my, my NFL model. You know, it's a really big screen. Super now. weird is that... When I'm at home, I set up my laptop in front of my desktop. It's the same desk. Just put it right in front of it and start working. I like it. Oh, this also, this thing's slowing down, so I needed a new one. But I got a new computer. Okay. I'm investing. You seem excited about it. I am. Now everything looks should, terrible. Are you going to go home and make it disappear? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good investment. No, I'm not going to go <laughs> pull a, put a sheet over it. Magic is so dumb. You know who loves magic, besides the people that you were alleging love magic? Kids. Kids also love magic. I don't know what you're talking about, John. Damon, what's he talking about? I don't know. I, I thought, you know, there's a different type of people that love magic, too. You know? Wait, what? Ooh. There's a certain section of people that just love magic. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Certain enthusiastic people. You, can- <laughs> you show me a magic trick, right? I can't believe that you're just downplaying magic. I'm not. I mean, I am. You're not. You love it. Of course. I'm a part of that group of people. Okay. Youngsters. <laughs> I don't know what people you're talking about. 
I'm just saying. There's okay. a group of people out there that love magic. Okay. And maybe you can see, you know, tonight on Hard Knocks, those group of people that Aaron Rodgers work with. They like, man. Okay. I'm a magician. So you're saying Aaron Rodgers doesn't like magic. Garrett I'm not Wilson, saying he doesn't Garrett like Wilson it. does. Maybe Garrett Wilson does like magic. I okay. would assume so. Sauce Gardner does. I would assume Zach so Wilson well. doesn't. Zach Wilson doesn't. Okay. So quarterbacks? <laughs> yeah. The, you remember that Eagles long snapper who was a magician? Doran Bose. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's why he stayed on the team for so long. I bet he was real popular. Okay. It's a good idea to get into magic. (laughs) Also a good idea, when one conference is falling apart, to swoop in and take the neutral site in which their championship game is being held. Dalvin Cook? He likes it. This is the second day in a row you've stepped on a segue. (laughs) I heard it. I completely derailed it. I heard it. Uh, What you were getting to is the Big Ten is trying to come to Las Vegas for the championship It's a done deal. Potential Big Ten title game in Vegas. Uh, that is potentially on the way. Obviously, with the Pac-4 now being the Pac-4, Pac-12 no has no – well, I shouldn't say has no need. They could still stay together. But the Pac-12 championship game, which is held here in Las Vegas, you would assume now there is room for it. So the Big Ten has come calling, allegedly. I always find it kind of weird when media members do these sort of things. So, And I guess you know, you're know you – I don't know if it's specifically arguing semantics, but it was reported that the Big Ten is coming to Las Vegas. There is a difference there because it's not official. Uh, Nicole Auerbach, who does a great job covering college sports, so, you know, she does a lot of stuff. I think she's now with NBC and uh, distilled up stuff for the Athletic. I think Michigan alum also. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're a fan. Sure. So it was broke um, on a couple of different platforms that the Big Ten football championship game will be played at Allegiant Stadium. Auerbach fought back on that. Said a Big Ten spokesperson officially and categorically denies this report. Added that the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority President and CEO Steve Hill told the LBRJ this weekend that the Big Ten has asked them to submit a proposal as they have asked other cities to do. It's how a bidding process works. So she's arguing with the it's a done deal thing. Big Ten is clearly, it's though, here. sniffing around Las it's Vegas. And yeah, it's, it's happening. Where else would you go? Yeah, just assume that it's happening. What do you mean? I, Indianapolis I, is such a better spot. Well, it is. I love Indy. But. Uh, the Big Ten has expanded to the point where they do need to get the West Coast involved. Obviously, they don't have the Las Vegas market, but they could make it part of their market by having the championship game here. Helps in recruiting, helps in a lot of different areas where you can, uh, you know, a lot of people have talked about adding Las Vegas to a conference to make, you know, to get the Las Vegas market. Well, it's an, an easier way is just to have your game here. And it looks like that's what they're going to do. Obviously, they've already expressed how much they love the market by being a part of the Las Vegas Bowl after it moved into Allegiant Stadium. So mm-hmm. um, with all these teams now from the West Coast and maybe potentially more from the West Coast coming to the Big Ten, it only makes sense that they expand their footprint to the West. It actually and it's, it's it works nicely. Their deal over at Lucas Oil Stadium for the Big Ten Championship game expires after the 2024 game. So there you go. falls right in line with what you want to do as a conference if you're expanding out west. By the way, a lot of these games, uh, you know, championship games, bowl games, a lot of the deals are up after sure. this coming season. Uh, actually, I think 2025. So a lot of the negotiation is really starting January 1st where everything opens. So there could be a lot more changes coming up at that point. Why would Big Ten fans be upset about this? Who would be? I saw a lot of it on social media. On Z? Well, I guess it's and threads. It's it, you can't drive right if your team is a surprise. You know, last week of the season they qualify for the Big Ten championship game. You can't drive here like you probably could to Indy. I mean, you can technically. You could, but I don't. You know, it's three days. Nobody's <laughs> <laughs> doing it. Uh, so I, mean, I think that's probably part of it. But it's pretty easy flight from almost anywhere in the Big Ten. I saw a lot of just like it's not a Big Ten city. Who cares? Good. Uh, 
By the way, is Indy? Like, they don't, have, they don't have a team. I guess because it's in the Midwest. I guess. Big Ten's Midwest. And Bloomington's not in Indianapolis. I mean. It's in the state? Knows? Sure. It's it's silly. And you'll enjoy coming to Vegas. Especially if you you know if you know have time, if your team with two or three weeks left qualifies for the Big Ten championship game and you know you're coming to Vegas, it'll be great. Does the Big Ten in Madison Square Garden work for their uh, basketball championships? Yeah. It does, right? Well, they usually do Chicago, right? And they've done it. They've done Conseco as well. Yeah, they've done it in different spots. Because I saw a lot of people comparing it to like when hey, you can't like when you go to the Madison Square Garden. You know, you're you're tying in markets that don't matter. Uh, by the way, they have Rutgers in their in their market. Scattaway. <laughs> uh, is, is is the Pacer still Conseco Fieldhouse? No, right, it's no, not. No, no. There was Market Square. It was Conseco. What is it, what is it now? You're the big NBA guy. I think it's like. Something, uh, Gamebridge, there we go. Just there you like go. Gamebridge I, I was there not long ago, it was Gamebridge. That's right. It's still there. It's a cool little arena downtown. You can walk to the NFL stadium from there. So I was going to ask the question, if Vegas is doing too much, but this ties into the expiration of the Pac-12 title game. So it, it fills a hole nicely if the Pac-12 is actually going to go bye-bye. But if the Pac-12 sticks around and it just fuses into the Mountain West. The, the what? The what? There's no such thing. It's still the Pac-12, technically. I mean, there's no such thing. I mean, that's my biggest gripe with all of this, actually. I told Steve this the other day. You have to change the names of the conferences. Well, yeah. But I I would say there is something to – if the Mountain West is able to salvage whatever is left of the Pac-12 and then add a couple uh, ACC teams or AAC teams eventually, I do think there is still a power to the Pac-12 that you should probably keep. Oh, for sure. Like you keep the name, even though it's the you know if you're folding them into the Mountain West, I think you still keep the Pac-12 name. Well, I mean the idea we were talking about yesterday, right? That involved still. I mean, essentially the Mountain West taking over the Pac-12, but dissolving and then going into the Pac-12, and then Gloria Navarez. It's kind of some Game of Thrones type stuff, actually. You know what I mean? Just like going into the conference, fusing yeah. in, and then having the other commissioner take over power. She's just sitting there laughing on her throne. <laughs> right. I like it. She's just like, ah, oh, you know, if, if it happens, it'd be great. We kill each other for our amusement. <laughs> See, so you know Game of Thrones. Is that what happens? No, he doesn't. He's playing along. Well, Is you watch happens? No, but zoo? you watch the, the, you final, watch the episode. final episode. That's what it was. Live tweeted it. <laughs> it was snowing for no reason the whole time. What do you mean for no reason? They're there in the no north. Reason. What does that mean? Well, uh, typically, climates get colder as you go north. Well, did it snow in every episode? No. It. Uh, yeah, why was it just snowing all of a sudden? Because they were in the north. It's like well, asking, it, why is it snowing at Mount Everest? other episodes in the north? Yeah. It didn't snow. Well, no, it's just cold. Okay, that's weird. How is that weird? No, enough of this guy, okay? <laughs> You're going to ruin everything that I love by the time the show's over with. Magic and Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. It's essentially like the same thing, right? Was there magic in Game of Thrones? Of Probably course there was. Before. I mean, come on. It's so dumb. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Did you watch your Buffalo Bills over the weekend? Your Buffalo Bills? Not, not my, not my team. You don't watch uh, Anthony Richardson stomp all over the Buffalo Bills? I, well, I don't think if, I don't think that's what he did really. But uh, he was incredible. I watched. I actually watched his tape. Yes. That was put together by uh, some Colts people. So sure. I watched. I watched all of his plays, but I didn't watch the game. Where I was, I, I do say, you know, stomp lightly. He didn't stomp all over them. I was as impressed as you could be with a performance like that. Your thoughts? 
Um, thought you saw everything about, like literally everything, the positives was, and the negatives. He was no Aiden O'Connell. No, he was not, and, and, and Aiden O'Connell, who's adjusted completion percent, it was ninety four point four percent on a game that was totally not game plan for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I thought. I don't think we saw the full arsenal of what his sure. athleticism can do, what he can do. I don't think they want him to do that right now. Uh, but you saw kind of hints of it and saw, okay, well, if on this play he would probably do this and that could be dangerous for the defense. Um, I thought there was a lot of things that you look at and say, all right, yeah, this is going to work. And then obviously the, the interception was, was got bad. pressure, yep. didn't set his feet, just kind of flipped it out there. And uh, hopefully you learn from that. That's the kind of play you say, okay, that's not acceptable. You can't do that at the NFL. Fix that. Uh, but yeah, I thought there was there were some promising signs, and I thought there were you know some plays where they go, like he actually can just stand in the pocket and zip it. Yep, like, that's something he can do, and I, I don't think a lot of people thought that. Well, I thought so. Pretty much everything that you said, right? The dime to Pierce, which if Pierce holds on to it, you know, you view the whole thing a little bit differently because you probably oh, has the, a one, the one the out to the right side. Oh, dude. Well, there was that. I, mean, I was talking about the deep shot that he took on the to the right pylon that was yeah, dropped yeah. by Pierce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was brilliant. I mean, like you said, there was a lot of others, and his athleticism, like you, like it wasn't really on display. But he had a scramble to the right where he ran over uh, a defensive back after making a linebacker miss. He also had another pretty good run that was called back because of penalty. So I saw everything that you kind of expected from Richardson, and when I saw that, my immediate thought was like, just start him. And it looks All like right. the Colts are going to do just that. They announced, you know, today Shane Steichen, former UNLV quarterback, told the media that he is going to be their starter week one. I think that's what you're supposed to do here. I don't get the thought process. I've seen a, everybody keeps hitting me with the, well, you got to let him sit. Why? Why let him sit for four weeks? And and in terms of, I mean, you 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 go to practice, you cover this on a day to day basis more than I do. But in terms of game plan and preparation, it's going to be a little bit different if he's the backup as opposed to being the starter. Sure, just throw him in and let him make mistakes and let him get yeah, ready and learn. I, I mean, I think there's everybody thinks that they have a plan or that it works. Hey this is the kind of player you need to do this or you need to do this. Like, There's really no rhyme or reason to how it works out, right? I mean, uh, I see a lot of people saying, hey, look, Mahomes sat. Well, but you different also situation. But you also because, don't know if he was going to be good or not. But they had Alex Smith. Right. They were a playoff potential team. Alex Smith was more ready right then to to you know to take them and fulfill that potential. Uh, and then you saw at the end of the year he was ready. They plugged him in, and he was ready to go. He didn't need a bunch of reps that weren't good. Um, he sat out. And he was great. Year two, right away, ready to go. Um, you look at the other side, like Peyton Manning was pretty bad his first year. They let him out there, and he showed signs of being good. But, I mean, you know, as a Colts fan, they sure. were their team was terrible. Through, what, 28 interceptions? And, 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 and he, he, three he and figured 13. it out. I mean, look, year one, Josh Allen took over a playoff team and was Drove horrific. Him into the horrific. Maybe the worst. Not maybe. He was the worst starting quarterback in the league his rookie year. Terrible. That was a playoff team. Terrible. He figured it out. Like the, you just don't know if if a guy is going to be better because you give him reps and he's bad and he has to figure it out, or if you let him sit and watch and gets good. I mean, Aaron Rodgers sat for three years and then he was great. So I, I don't think there's a rhyme or reason or a magical formula to developing a quarterback. I think it's just the situation your team is in. If you need to win, if you think a guy can help you go to the playoffs, it's it's kind of a mystery. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. John Von Tobel, Adam Hill in here today. Let's continue our previews of UNLV's opponents for the upcoming season. I think we're allowed to talk about that. 
Willie Donick is nice enough to give us some time today, host of the game out there in Nashville. Willie, thank you very much. So let's just start with where Vanderbilt's at at, at this point. Clark Lee enters his third year. Uh, he's had a better record each year so far. He had two in his first, and then, of course, five and seven a season ago. And this looks like it has a, a promising season written all over it with the returning starters and the improvements from year to year. What have, uh, what's just been your outside view of you as you look at this program with, uh, with, with uh, what Lee has done up to this point? I would say hopeful would come to mind. Uh, they're not where they have been at their best in the last 10 or 15 years. You would have to look at the best teams that James Franklin had in the three seasons he had before he left for Penn State. Uh, I think that's really the next step is to get back to that level where you're trying to break through for bowl games. Uh, the The guy who succeeded James Franklin, Derek Mason, did not fare as well, but he still did manage to get some big wins, beat Tennessee a few times. Uh, one at Georgia, got to a couple bowl games. And so we'll see if Clark Lee's third team can get back into that area where they can, you know, find a way to get bowl eligible. Never easy for Vanderbilt, uh, but I do think that they are going to be better this year than last year for sure. What would you say so far with Lee, the way he's coached this and how you've covered this, uh, his identity is as a head coach? What has stuck out to you? Well, he's homegrown. He's a guy that grew up in Nashville. Uh, his family – a longtime Vanderbilt supporters, went to high school right down the road. Uh, he's got, he took an interesting route uh, to get to where he is. He was really a baseball player coming out of high school. That was his best sport, but ended up being a walk-on for Bobby Johnson's Vanderbilt team, played with Jay Cutler back in the day, uh, and then just worked his way up the chain as a football coach at a lot of different places, so he was able to get outside of the Vanderbilt family uh, and find some other coaches that were good influences on him ended up being the uh, defensive coordinator at Notre Dame for a really good team a couple years ago. And that's what sort of jump started him into this program. And, you know, Vanderbilt was really at rock bottom after COVID. They, they went winless. Uh, they had a lot of loss of players and he was really starting from scratch. So I, I think he's done an excellent job so far building the foundation. You know, we talk about teams and, and how excited fans are. It's usually about the offense, and there's some exciting players on offense for Vanderbilt. But the question has to be on defense. They've been pretty bad, especially against the pass. Is there reason for optimism there? Um, I think there's reason for some optimism. The, the biggest problem they had last year, whether offense or defense, was when they played the top-level teams. Uh, and, I, and, you know, you can go look at the scores. Georgia, Alabama, uh, they just could not contain them. They, they were not able to be on the same field. And even in the games that they won, like you pointed out, they gave up some pretty good size chunks, especially in the passing game. So that is where they really have to grow. It's not any one or two players. That, you know, they, they're not coming in with any super four-star or five-star recruits that are going to be the saviors. It's got to be a collective thing. And I, I think that's probably – where Clark Lee is at his best. I think he's very good at developing players. Uh, so we're going to see what that looks like this year. I would expect it to be better, but the question is how much better. Also, you know, when we talk about you know the, the reasons for optimism around the program and the fact that they're improving and look like they could improve even more, has that kind of caught on in the fan base? And I asked this because I was out at UNLV practice today, and there was a lot of talk about how many Vanderbilt fans could travel here. Uh, I kind of chuckled at first, but I thought, you know what? They probably will travel pretty well. Where is the excitement level from the fan base about this program? I think, I think they're very optimistic. I, the biggest thing for Vanderbilt over the last, 
I don't know, 20, 30 years for your audience would be, when you play in the SEC, if you're not all in, especially being a private school in a league full of huge state schools, and you're swimming with the Sharks, right? So if you're not fully committed as a school, you're going to fall way behind. It's hard enough with the academic standards. And so that's been the accusation for a long time, that they have not been all in. Uh, but in the last couple of years, they've got a group called Vandy United. It's coming from the top. Uh, the chancellor has really put his money where his mouth is. They've poured millions of dollars into the athletic program as a whole. Uh, and if you went to Vanderbilt Stadium right now, you could take a look and see they have no end zones on either side. They're doing huge renovations of the stadium. It's just long, long overdue, upgraded facilities. So I think that's where most of the optimism is. I don't think anybody's sitting here going, um, you know, they're going to rip off six or seven straight wins and shock the country or anything like that. It's a slow build, but I do think they're fully behind Clark Lee. And as far as traveling to Vegas, there's no bad time to travel to Vegas. I'm sure there will be some fans, but they're definitely not known for traveling like an LSU or a Tennessee. Or if you're playing a school like that in the league, I think you would expect droves of fans. I don't think that's what it's going to look like. Uh, when Vanderbilt comes to town. Before we dive too much back into the actual team, you know, we've talked a lot about conference realignment here on the show, obviously, as everybody has around the country. Was there any concern with Vanderbilt that they could be left out at some point? The SEC could kind of force them out maybe and make them move on? You know, that that comes up from time to time. I, I, I've been doing sports talk here for a long time. I played uh, basketball and baseball at the school, and so I, I've, I've always heard that. But Vanderbilt is a charter member of the SEC. There's never been any real discussion uh, of that. But, you know, as you guys see this, times are changing, right? You've got to stay with the times. You have to pull your weight. And so it does come up, and there are a lot of schools that, 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 are, that do question Vanderbilt's commitment, so they're going to have to find a way. In all of the other sports, they're fine. It's just a matter of, I think, making your mark in football, uh, you know, growing the fan base some, so that that never really comes to fruition. I, I'm not that worried about it, but I'm not going to completely rule out that that becomes real down the, down the road some way. Because someday there could be, what, two super conferences. There could be, you know, the, I saw an article today about an English Premier League type of setup. Only the elite teams play at the top level. So there's all kinds of possibilities. Now, now that you've got teams on the West Coast that are playing in the Big Ten, anything is possible. Just so you know, that was not Vanderbilt slander. My my cousin actually pitched there on the uh, 2011 College World Series team, so I'm a uh-huh. I'm a Vanderbilt guy. Who was it? Taylor Hill. Oh, Taylor Hill! I know Taylor Hill. He's in the big leagues. So that's yeah. my man. He's, he's good man, Taylor. Excellent pitcher, by the way, too. Very good kid. I was just saying, I'm not looking. Yeah. I'm not taking shots at Vandy. I'm, I'm you just wanted the, no, you just wanted not. the name drop. That's all it was. Oh, like look, to. look, that was nothing compared to what you get. You know, here. I mean, they, they are no question going to be always questioned and things like that from the rest of the fan bases around the league. There's, there's some uh, – it, it's actually ironic when Vanderbilt has become a powerhouse in college baseball like they have. It's funny when the other schools start to complain about the, quote, advantages that Vanderbilt baseball has. <laughs> we, we laugh because of all that stuff, how they've been treated over the years. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about the on-field product then. Um, talk to us a little bit about A.J. Swan and, and what his expectations are for this year on the surface over six starts. The numbers looked pretty promising. You guys know, if you, if you get a quarterback that can elevate and, and mask some issues, that makes a big deal. And, and that, makes, that, that helps a lot at Vanderbilt especially 
when they've been good, they've had good quarterback play. You go back to Jay Cutler, uh, they were awful around him, but he, he gave them chances to win. Uh, when Derek Mason took over for James Franklin, they dipped, but they got a guy named Kyle Shermer who's not lighting the world on fire, but he gave them a chance to be competitive. I think A.J. Swan showed a lot as a true freshman last year. Uh, to, for him to come in and do what he did was pretty good. The question was, could they protect him? And the answer was no. After a while, he had, I believe, a concussion. They didn't say it, but he took a pounding. And for a guy that young, that was tough. And so they were alternating him with Mike Wright, who could sort of run his way out of trouble, but he uh, had limitations of, as a passer. He's transferred, so this is A.J. Swan's team. He's, a, he's an excellent passer, and, and, I, and I think he's got excellent intangibles, makeup. So uh, I'm really excited to see what he looks like his second year at the helm, now that really there's nobody competing with them. It's his, it's his squad. And there's a lot of excitement out here in Las Vegas about you know Barry Odom, this defense, what it could look like. Overall, what kind of offense will this defense be taking on when they take the field out of the Legion? I don't think it's anything uh, fancy. I think with Swan, he's not a guy that's going to run a whole lot, so I think you're going to see, for lack of a better term, more of a conventional pro style. Um, They've got an excellent wide receiver in Will Shepard, who he's a guy that a lot of coverages will roll, roll towards. I think what they put around him, on the other side of the field will be important. They've got some very young wide receivers that I think uh, they like long-term, but we'll see how quickly they can make an impact. Uh, and they had a 1,000-yard rusher last year who transferred as a grad transfer, too. Uh, so there's a couple guys that flashed and did very well last year when they got a chance to play, but uh, they've got to sort of take the reins now. They, they also return, for better or worse, right, the full offensive line. Now, that's always the double-edged sword, right? They returned five starters, but the five starters really could not protect the quarterback very well last year. So they'll count on those guys to, to improve as a unit. Willie, I've just got to ask you, I know we're talking about Vandy football here, but you, you and I, we share a passion, and that's the Immaculate Grid. So what's the best score that you've gotten, and are you still playing daily? I play daily. There's no question about it. I am addicted to the Immaculate Grid. I make no bones about it. Uh, my colleague, uh, no, I shouldn't say my colleague, a, a classmate of mine, Tyler Kepner, who is the baseball writer for the New York Times, he's the best I've seen so far. He can get into the single digits multiple times a week. I have been as low as 11. That, that's, that's my best score uh, on my best day. But, of course, there's always this anxiety because it kills your whole day. If you, I try to do it after my show and not before my show because my morning is shot. If I get a combination, I just can't think of one. Because I put everything aside in my life until I get it right. And next thing you know, it's about 5 o'clock in the afternoon and I haven't done anything. <laughs> I love the commitment because I, all, my <laughs> you got to commit. My baseball knowledge is basically early 2000s to about 2015. And it's like, oh, man, I'm screwed once it's, you know, the guy who, who was a pitcher in like maybe the 1900s that could fit somewhere. <laughs> well, you and I need to combine our our – our brains because I am great from about 1975 to about 1995 when I was collecting the baseball cards when I was a kid. It's easier for me from 2000 to 2015. That's my weakness. So I, I need to call you. We need to talk. Man, look at that. I mean, I know you're Vandy, but I'm wearing a ball shirt today. I'm from Tennessee. I mean, look at this Uh-oh. connection. <laughs> Wait a minute. Maybe we shouldn't call each other. <laughs> First of all, nobody wants to. T- you're just trying to find friends. Nobody will talk to you, Devon. So leave him alone. Uh, that's good. 
Go ahead. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, no, Adam's just waiting point. for no, you no, to no, finish I, your I, points. Is, <laughs> There, there was, you know, I know there was some, uh, some laughter about, you know, Vandy getting some votes, just like there was UNLV getting some votes in the poll here. Um, how, how far off is competing for a championship in the SEC for Vandy? Well, first of all, that was not me that voted okay, for, just make for the sense. SEC champion. That was funny. Well, I was at the SEC media days, and all of us were looking around, going, "Okay, come on, who's playing the gag?" You know, it's, I. I I, I do think they probably need to have a little more transparency and take it seriously if they're going to keep doing this. It was pretty ridiculous. It wasn't just Vanderbilt. There were some people that voted for some other random teams that uh, I don't think anybody in their right mind think are going to compete with Georgia and Alabama and teams like that. But, uh, you know, Clark Lee has made no secret. You guys have probably read some articles. He's ambitious. You know, he wants to make this a really special place to come play college football. You've got a great city in Nashville. It's a great school. Uh he has really followed in the footsteps of Tim Corbin. That's a big mentor to him. And so he has set the bar very high. He knows it's going to take a little time to get there, but he has the backing of the school. So he's got dreams that are a lot higher than I think even the Vanderbilt fans' dreams are. So it's, it's a long road, but uh, I think there are a long ways from competing for anything close to a title. But like I said, you get back into that eight to nine win range, that's as good as they've been in about 50 years. You know, that's the bar that James Franklin set 2011 through 2013. Uh, so that's the first step is to get back there. All right, Willie, before we get you out of here, you also do play-by-play for the Nashville Predators on TV. Point total has been set at 86.5. What are we expecting for the Predators next season? Well, first of all, congrats to, to the Golden Knights. I mean, that was a heck of a run. Uh, and we enjoy the heck out of coming out to Vegas. I, I had never been to Vegas before the Golden Knights came into the league. So now I feel like I'm a veteran coming there through go. there. I'm like, okay, where are we going? Here's our favorite restaurant over here and this and that. But uh, I would say, look, they had, they had 92 points last year. So 86 and a half, I, I feel like is a little bit low because uh, I don't think that they've taken a big step back. They're committing uh, to younger players. They've changed the formula some. they changed the coach. Uh, there's a new GM. But you have, number one, one of the best defensemen in the league in Roman Yossi, and you have one of the top five goalies in the league in UC Soros who's going to give you a chance to win every night. So to me, I'll be a little disappointed, honestly, if they're, if they're not over 86. The question is, can they sneak back into a playoff bubble area, which is where they were last year despite all kinds of things going wrong. It was kind of a bad year last season. Uh, it's the first time they've missed the playoffs in eight years. So the, the standard for them is to make the playoffs. So I, I would go slightly over 86. And, you know, in that low 90 range, let's see if, you know, 92 or 93 might get you in. Willie Donick, ESPN Radio, Nashville, 102.5, the, uh, the game. Willie, appreciate it. Awesome spot, man. Thanks for the time. All right, anytime, guys. Good to talk to you. Yep, you got it. Do you, does your skin crawl thinking about National Hockey League and the Vegas Golden Knights in August? It's a, little, it's a little early. It's a little early. Well, the season uh, might not be early. The season went. It's because it's your busy time. Yeah, it's your the I was season say, went you know, like, <laughs> Not not skin busy. crawl because you don't like them. Just no, no, no. It's it's just it's it seems like we just had to cover a parade, and in a celebration, and be stuck with Gators in Florida and be terrified for a final. And now the season's starting. <laughs>